often think once you've, you're known for something, you're beholden to it forever. You know, actors are pigeonholed into characters they play. Restaurant patrons prefer their favorite eateries, you know, that they serve only what they're used to eating and never deviate too far from the menu. Car buyers lean more towards their favorite model of car, you know, like my mother who will never buy anything other than a Dodge minivan, but I digress. And it's just the way things are. It is how people act when they know you for a specific thing or a specific brand. You don't have to go too far back into history to see how ugly things get when brands make drastic changes without telling their core target about it. Hello, do we remember Crystal Pepsi? Do we remember New Coke? Those were fiascos. Well, change is the only thing that's certain in the world. And as you grow and expand your company, you will learn how to strategically switch gears and refine your brand. You may lose some people. You may gain a lot more than you lose. But as the head of your company, you must make these decisions if you plan to grow. Ask yourself two questions. As my company brand shifts and becomes more targeted, will I lose the core audience I really need? And two, what are the opportunity costs of not shifting my brand? Today, my guest Amanda Miller-Littlejohn and I will talk about how to allow your brand to shift without losing your core message or your audience. Named one of PR Week's Innovation 50 of 2015, branding superstar Amanda Miller, Little John, is an award-winning PR executive helping nonprofits, corporations, and small businesses build buzz and brands through events, publicity, and social media campaigns. She is the creator of The Branding Box, and she helps you communicate with the media and build your brand online. Amanda, welcome to my show. We finally get to speak. Thank you, Adrian. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. I've been wanting to have you on my show for the longest when I was doing views from the top. So definitely, definitely happy to have you on board. You're like the guru of PR oh, and branding. So Thank you. And you're the guru of business ownership and oh. <laughs> getting paid. I love you know, you started it all with that. You cannot pick my brain. Thank so. <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah, I try. I try. You know, we we as women, we're nurturers. I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but you know how we do. We like to serve people, but it's about getting paid when you're in business. So I make sure Absolutely. that we do that. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I have my Periscope family on board right now who are going to watch us for a little bit. And we're going to launch into the conversation. So those of you who are on Periscope, if you want to listen live later on, it's 845-277-9325 on Blog Talk Radio. So let's jump right into it. So, you know, I firmly believe that as you grow, it's inevitable that your brand will shift and mature over the course of that growth. Of course, you know, I've seen it. We've all seen it. I know you've seen it, Amanda. And the second thing is, as your brand matures, there will be people who don't accept change very well, and you'll lose some of them, as I have. But how you manage that transitional period of growth will determine how your company and brand will grow or fizzle, depending on the case. So let's jump right into some of the talking points. The first one is, I believe that you have to rewrite your own narrative that allows the public to see the evolution as your company grows, but that you still have to stay true to your core brand. 
Amanda, talk a little bit about some of the bumps that people experience when they're trying to, you know, they realize, hey, I think I've outgrown this or I'm ready to move on to something else, but I don't want to lose that audience. Talk about some of the bumps that people encounter along that transition. Well, you hit the nail on the head. I think when when someone has spent time becoming known for a specific skill set or a specific topic and have grown up their following and people recognize them, they have clients or they have a, a, a good job, a good position in their industry, it can be really scary to, you know, pivot because oftentimes they feel like they might be throwing away all of the hard work that they've done to get up to this point. Mm-hmm. But um, in my experience and in the experience of the clients that I've worked with and seen and advised, you know, typically, yes, you may pivot and your brand may evolve and you may lose some of those initial customers, clients, or the audience that you have, you know, cultivated through this first phase of your brand. But there's a whole universe of, you know, people and opportunities that await you as you evolve. And then on the flip side of that, you know, I think we we think about ourselves and our companies and our brands and how, you know, in my shifting or pivoting, I might lose some people, but those people on the other side are shifting and pivoting as well. So they may have outgrown what you, what they initially came to you for, and they may need a new solution. So you kind of have to think about it holistically. Nothing stays the same, and you always have to be thinking about your next phase and your next step. Right, absolutely. And I think the, the core message to the audience is you have to not be afraid of change. You have to not be afraid of trying different things if you if your heart is not into it. And, and I'll use myself as an example. You know, I've gone through evolution for years. I always go to another level and I always try to look back at what I've done or what I've accomplished and, and who I've touched. It's more so about those people as opposed to myself. I want to know what meaningful uh, difference have I made in their lives and moving into this next level how can I still service those people and still not lose the core of who I am but still giving me an opportunity to expanding and spread my wings and try different things I think that a lot of people when you've built a massive following or a massive audience they're so afraid that oh I don't want to do anything to disrupt this I don't want to lose these people and they end up staying stagnant or stuck and then they get resentful I mean would you would you agree with that absolutely yes I think they get resentful I think you know once you lose your passion for something but you feel like you know you're tied to it and you feel like you won't you can't succeed without being that like perfect example of that would be Nicole Kane and, you know, the Nicole Bitchy website, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she grew this thing and it became something she hated and yeah. something she didn't necessarily want to be known for, but it, it was huge. And she successfully pivoted. And I think it's interesting to see that I'm sure some of the people who followed her for the celebrity gossip may have, you know, found their gossip elsewhere, but to a large degree, her new site, XO Nicole, people love the site. And yeah. she was able to maintain uh, a big, a great deal of her um, previous audience. So I think that's a lesson to all of us that our audience may not be as um, 
committed to what we think they're committed to as we think, right? Like they may be open to change and they may want something new. And I think if you look at people who stay in the spotlight or kind of continue to evolve and, and, and maintain our attention and our brand loyalty, they do evolve. They're Mm -hmm. not giving us the same thing, especially if the same thing doesn't work anymore. You know, if, if it's outlived its usefulness or technology has changed and made it obsolete, like they continue to evolve and look for for new ways to reach us and new, um, problems that they can solve for us. Right. Absolutely. And you have to control the message, I guess it is, you know, be transparent and authentic so that you avoid confusion or misrepresentation because the flip side of what we've just discussed is you can decide, okay, I'm going in this new direction. And let's say if Nicole hadn't decided to inform her followers or her audience, you know, hey, this is the the backstory behind it. This is the new direction I'm taking. And just through that change in there, like uh, new Coke and Crystal Pepsi and all those other brands. Don't sue me, uh, guys, but <laughs> it just threw it on the audience. That causes, I think, bigger backlash. So I think when you control the message up front and you're very transparent about it, people are more empathetic and they understand and they want to grow with you. Well, some of them want to grow with you and they're excited to see that new level with your brand. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree. I think the transparency can... Um, yeah, it can, it can humanize you and, or humanize your brand and help people see that there are, there are real people behind this thing that they love and, you know, real thoughts and emotions and, and people struggling with decisions just like you are. And it, and not only does it engender you to them, but it connects you, you know, cause it creates, um, that that connection that only happens when you are vulnerable with another person. So I think that's that's incredibly key. And also just to kind of piggyback on the idea that when you shift and and pivot, you may pick up a whole different audience. I remember going back to the Nicole Bitchy site, I I'm not really into celebrity gossip, so <laughs> I didn't go to that website at all. Uh-huh. I really didn't. And then seeing kind of the articles, like her open letter and the different things she published around her transition, I was one of the first people to sign up to get updates on when whatever she was launching next was going to be live because I'm very interested in, you know, women's empowerment and personal development. And that was a part of her message, you know, saying that I'm tired of, you know, pimping mm-hmm, <laughs> the gossip mm-hmm. and I want to I wanna talk more about women and empowerment. And I love her new site. So I think that's also also interesting to note that while you may feel trapped in a brand and, and a following that you have built up, you may attract a whole different following just by being authentic and being transparent, as you mentioned. Right. Absolutely. That moves us to the next talking point. Each new level requires a more evolved message and a super targeted customer base in order to be a successful brand. That's what I found. I think when you, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a a, a mobile chick, (laughs) I think that when you're growing and evolving, you have to be, you can't just expect people to say, oh, Adrian's trying something different. Let me jump on board and see what she's doing. You have to be very purposeful. You have to evolve your message because the same message that you had been, you had been using previously may not be 
exactly the same. So you have to, for me, and, and I'll use myself as an example, for me, when I did this kind of evolution into mogul chicks, I had a specific woman in mind that how they tell you, the experts will tell you, figure your ideal avatar for your ideal client. I had a specific type of client in mind, a specific type of woman in mind who represented mogul chicks. So that meant my message had to be clearer it had to be more precise and it had to really target in what on what the wants and needs of this particular woman was. And I think when you come at it from that that perspective, instead of let me see how many people I can pull into this new brand, a new direction, when you super target on what you want to say to whom you want to say it, that's what helps your brand succeed. What what do you think about that? I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, Having having the benefit of having past customers or clients or whoever it is that you serve, viewers, listeners, and audience, really helps you gain insight into the people that you want to help and support and work with and not just the people who will come to you um, no matter what. And so I think that using um, the feedback that you've gotten from your very best clients can help you create kind of that avatar Mm -hmm. 2.0 that is more evolved, more targeted, more specific, and is really the personification of the perfect person that you want to work with. And I think people who are listening can look at their past clients and say, you know, who are the people I love working with the most? Who are the people I was able to make the most change um, and and get the most traction for? Who are the people who were just a joy to work with and it it didn't even feel like work? What did they have in common? How old were they? How many years into their businesses or organizations or careers were they? What were some of the things that they said? What were their desires? And then use that information to kind of help you, as you mentioned, create those super targeted messages that can attract more people like them instead of having kind of a haphazard approach that attracts any and everybody. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, guys, if you're looking to transition your brand, make sure you get very clear on who it is you're trying to attract and make sure that that message is targeted. So let's move on to the next tip. You have to leverage your connections. Uh, I firmly believe in that because your people, your your group, your tribe, or your posse, or your whatever you want to call it, your family. I call my Periscope people Periscope family or my Insta fam. You have to tap into those people because they're the ones who know your work the best. And they will help share the narrative that you create for your new direction for your company. And I think that a lot of people want to do things hush-hush or secretive. And they don't want to, want to tell people about it. But I think the more you leverage your connections, the bigger your reach is. Because guess what? The people who maybe were not in your core audience before the brand shift, maybe they will be. And Amanda, you just gave a perfect example in the last talking point about you weren't a fan of gossip, you know, celebrity gossip, but you loved her new direction and what she was, Nicole was doing with the news site. So talk a little bit about how people can use their connections and their, their relationships to help as they transition their brands. Yeah, I think, you know, we oftentimes kind of forget about all the people who are rooting for us and cheering for us or the people that we've helped and have supported or the people who follow us and really are inspired by the work that we're doing. So, um, and, and another thing is we're so bent on getting a new audience, more followers, more people, right. Mm -hmm. That 
we take for granted or forget about the people who are already there, but they can be a huge source, as you mentioned, of spreading the word. They're almost like ambassadors and obviously much harder to win over because they already have found value in something that you're doing. And so, you know, for business owners, that could look like, you know, having an intentional process in place for referrals or at least just making that ask. So many people do great work with clients, have people who love them, and they never circle back and say, hey, do you know two or three or four people like you who may benefit from the work that you've that we've done together? Mm-hmm. You clearly know um, my results, and you know what it's like to work with me, and you may have some insights on other people who could use that same type of a transformation. And so uh, letting your network know is critically important. I've been blown away by just the referrals that come my way from clients I've worked with and even cl- like friends of clients that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to, you know, get more intentional about asking for that help, but it's so, so powerful. Like the times that I have done that, um, it's, it's really blown me away the response because people get kind of a note or an introduction from someone they know and trust mm-hmm. and it just kind of sets you up to win. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it is, it is a little harder sometimes because for me, and, and again, I only use myself as an example. I don't put other people's business out there, but <laughs> for me, when I have shifted, cause I mean, I've had several, several ventures. Some have done well, some have failed. I'm very public about that, but each step along the way, my core committed, I guess, community or, or my close inner circle, those, those people, especially the close inner circle, they were with me 100%, no matter what I chose to do. And for me, I guess it was a little bit of ego. It was like, okay, I'm going in this different direction now. Nobody understands. I have to go into myself to figure it out and flesh it out and I don't know if they'll, you know, be on board. And I always psych myself out before I go to them. But then after I figured it out in my head and I go, hey, Kelly or, hey, so-and-so, this is the new idea. And they're like, what? You didn't tell me you was thinking about it. What, what can I do? What can I do? And I think we create that narrative or that conversation in our heads that, oh, they're going to think we're flaky or they're going to think we're crazy for going off on something else when this other formula has worked so well. But your connections, you know, the true connections, the people who really believe in you and and have been there and support you, they're going to stand by you no matter what direction. Now, I will say my inner circle will put boot to booty when they need to and they'll tell me, hey, listen, (laughs) This doesn't sound right. Or look, you don't need to go down this road. I mean, they'll tell me the absolute truth, even if I hate it. They'll tell me the truth, but they always have my back. And I think that if we get out of our own ways and really look at our networks and our connections and really have faith in those relationships, they can help us move to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my next, I guess, talking point would be, you have to take bold action and embrace this new and upward direction. You know, I know people get distracted or they get scared. Talk a little bit about how you can stay the course and not kind of second guess yourself as you're transitioning your brand. Well, that can be really hard. I mean, I think having an accountability partner, a coach, someone in your 
immediate circle that's holding you accountable accountable and kind of checking in with you and helping you um, go over your ideas and talk through and work through your fears is key. But it's also important to have people in your personal life, like people you communicate with the most regularly. If you can find two or three supportive people, whether whether they're a coach or just, you know, supportive friends, supportive family members, people who believe in you and your idea to kind of keep keep you inspired and motivated and reinforce that you can do it. I think it's so important. One of the things that I've learned from doing my Package or Genius Academy cohort um, with these really high achieving women who are coming to learn how to get themselves out there and promote themselves, get speaking engagements in media is a lot of the women are already pretty accomplished in their careers, right? Mm -hmm. So they are making good money. They, you know, they have risen in the ranks. Um, For our first cohort, we had a number of physicians. So, you know, when you're the doctor in the family, people think you've made it. Mm -hmm. And yet these women wanted more. They wanted to do speaking. They wanted to do media. They wanted to reach a wider audience outside of the patients that they had or the clients that they had. Or, you know, some people were transitioning from government to the private sector. So they were accomplished and by most standards very successful and yet that hunger for something more is what made them enroll in the academy and then once they were together and were you know meeting other women who had those same desires and those same goals and that same kind of sense of striving Mm -hmm. it really emboldened them and and help them keep going because they were so used to saying, I want to do X, Y, Z and having, you know, a spouse or a friend or someone in their personal life just immediately say, you know, why do you want more? Like, you're good. Like, why do you keep doing stuff? And they said that that was a tremendous uh, value um, that they got just by having other people who were like them. So I think finding like minds is one of the biggest keys to kind of, staying on course, staying the course. Once you've taken the bold action, you've decided to pivot. You need people in your life who are going to cheer you on because, you know, it is mental warfare when you're doing something new like that. Self-doubt is the biggest thing. Self-doubt and fear are the two biggest things that I see with people who are trying to pivot, trying to do something new. Mm -hmm. And it could be a great idea. It could could have some real legs, but if you get caught up in the self-doubt and the self-fear, you won't make those bold moves. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Fear can be paralyzing. And there's a, a, there's a quote that goes around the internet. Fear is false evidence, false evidence appearing real. I live by that. I love it. (laughs) Whenever I get fearful, I go right to that and, and into my Bible, of course, but I go into that fear, that false evidence appearing real, and I have to really talk myself up and say, you know what, Adrian, come on, you can do this. Look at the things that you've done before. And I think for most exactly. people, if you focus on the accomplishments, now, now there's a difference between, and, and let me say this because I don't want anybody to say, well, that sounds like it's contradictory because, you know, you always have that one person that'll call you out. Right. But, <laughs> you know, on the one hand, you can tell someone, you know, always fear, talk to yourself and, you know, give yourself the pep talk and look at the things you've accomplished before. What I mean by that is 
don't use what you've done before as a crutch to say I'm entitled because I've done this, but look at it as if girl, look what you've achieved. You know, look at what the odds were against you and, and what led, led to you being able to do this or create this or be part of this or whatever the case may be. And if you draw on that past success and the lessons from the failures, because we, can, we can't get anywhere without learning from our failures, if you draw on that, that will help you move forward in, in anything that you do. And I think a lot of people get stuck where it's, oh, man, I used to be this. Or I used to do this or I made this or, you know, and they feel it as a failure if they go in a different direction. It absolutely is not. And I tell many people when they come to me, but yeah, you know, they know me for this. And I feel like I let them down and I'm failing if I do this. Mm -mm. Let that go. Breathe in. And then let that out. Don't don't internalize any of that. So, and I guess it, it leads into our last uh, talking point about getting over your trust issues and enlisting people who understand your brand's directions to help you to grow. I think that uh, there's a lot of people out there, women especially, who feel I have to do this on my own. I have to do this. It's always I, 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 but there's no I in team and team teamwork makes the dream work. I know that sounds real cheesy, but it's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> it is the it's truth. Apropos. Yes. yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Talk a little bit about how women especially can drop that kind of act or, or fear or control, I guess it is, and let people help you. Once you get to a certain stage in whatever it is that you, you're doing, your endeavor, if number one, if you're doing it well and it begins to grow, it should outgrow your capabilities to manage it, you know, alone. And so if you want it to get to that next level, you are going to have to connect with and rely on other people to support you in some way. And so that is kind of you know, everyone arrives at that. Some people know that innately, like they just, they just get that from the start. But other people like me <laughs> had to learn that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you had to learn that, okay, this, I can only get so far if I am by myself and I'm going to have to trust other people. And I think, you know, one way that you can get over that is just look at other people who are successfully, you know, building teams, trusting other people to help them get things done. Think of people in your past who have supported you or helped you get to some some level, maybe not in business, maybe personally, and um, and know that, you know, there's really nothing that people can steal from you. I think that's that's the one of the biggest things that especially entrepreneurial mm -hmm. people struggle with is like if I open things up and let you see inside, you're going to steal, you know, how I do things or, you know, my process or my, you know, Rolodex or connections list. And you are going to go and try to do that on your own as well. And so I think a big part of that piece is making sure you've got, you know, your legal stuff in place. Mm -hmm. um, talk with your attorney and make sure people have signed the proper documents. Um, and you're kind of set up for success that way. But it's absolutely a thing that you have to get to the point where you, number one, realize that you need support. Um, and you open yourself up. Like, there's no way around it. 
Right. Absolutely. I, I want to circle back really quickly to something you just said about getting the proper documents in place. Ladies, an NDA is your best friend. Trust that. <laughs> Yes, you absolutely have to protect yourself. We we had a conversation last week with uh, Lenore Horton, uh, who is an attorney for startups and entrepreneurs, and she stressed that when you're as your brand is evolving and as, as you're growing, sometimes things become more proprietary. And whereas you would love to have that goodwill with people, and and I love my people. Trust me, I, all my inner circle, I love them. I love them. But you have to protect yourself because you never know. It's it's kind of like that same situation when you talk about going into a marriage and you talk about prenups. Same kind of vibe, same kind of feeling. But anyone who is a business person will understand where you're coming from, and they'll be happy to honor that. So you have to have the right documents in place to protect your ideas. And then also, don't tell your ideas to people who are not on your level or who don't understand. Like, I wouldn't tell one of my best friends about what I'm doing because she's not an entrepreneur. It doesn't doesn't compute to her. She doesn't care about this stuff. So it doesn't make sense for me to talk to her about it because her first thing is to jump into protective mode. And make sure that I'm okay. Well, why would you want to do that and risk this and risk that? Mm-mm-mm. All that does, while well-meaning, all that does is saps you of your energy and you don't need that. So definitely only talk to people who understand where you're going or, and understand your business and that legal team that you need to have in place or legal person that you need to have in place to get those NDAs signed and those non And don't put it off. You know, don't put that one mm-hmm. off. Like, just, I think, I think just like, anything else you know where there is fear there is someone who can put your mind at ease yeah. you know and so i'll just give you an example that has nothing to do with business i need to go to the dentist mm-hmm. right like I, I i've been putting it off i am putting it off but i need to go to the dentist outside of my regular checkup right uh-huh. and I, because I haven't gone, I have all of these fears in my head, right? Like, oh my God, what if I need a crown or a root canal? I hate, like, I hate, like, that's one of my biggest, I can't stand dental work because you just feel so powerless when you're Mm. in that chair and like. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh my God, they got the drill. (laughs) Exactly. But once you go and they kind of look and they're probably going to say, okay, yes, you have a cavity, but it's not as serious as you thought. And then my mind will be at ease. Like my mind goes so far, like I'm going to lose a tooth. Everything is going to (laughs) fall apart. And I'm sure it's not that serious. And it's the same way with your business. You know, if you have fears about people stealing your systems or, you know, ripping you off, one way to kind of head up those fears is just to preempt them by working with an attorney and getting everything set up right and get, you know, making sure you have your agreements in place and everything is secure from the start. So, um, because oftentimes it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Like, it's really not that difficult to, um, kind of secure your things, your intellectual property and all of that. So, Right. We create the boogeyman in our own minds. We do. We do. <laughs> I mean, it's like we go from zero to worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why you've got to get out of your head and talk to somebody who knows about whatever the challenge is that's making you crazy, you know? Yep. Instead of trying to just deal with it on your own, it'll just continue to grow and haunt you and give you anxiety. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we like to always have our guests give three tips. 
that they can leave with our with our audience. But before we do that, I want them to know about all the amazing things that you have going on. I want them to know about the branding box. I fell in love with that when I saw that. I said, you know, I need to I need to talk to her about that because I need to get that. But um, <laughs> definitely want you to talk a little bit about, tell them how they can reach you, tell them what you're up to, tell them anything coming up. You have the floor. Oh, thank you. Well, I they can reach me and get all of my information on my website, which is Amanda Miller Littlejohn. Dot com. Um, and from there, you can find information about the branding box, which is my personal branding home study kit that comes to you via FedEx. So it's a physical kit. It's not a digital class or course, but an actual physical box um, that's got my five elements of personal brand positioning out, outlined and really helps you figure out who you are, what your message is, and how do you articulate it and deliver it to the world through speaking, media, social media, and more. So that's there. Coming up is enrollment for the fall class of Package or Genius Academy. It's my 12-week personal branding mastermind. Super excited about that. Um, our spring cohort was amazing. We had some amazing results. Women getting media placements, speaking engagements, growing their social media file. It was insane. So I'm excited to see who enrolls for the fall. Enrollment actually opens on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that's all on the website, PackageYourGeniusAcademy.com. Um, and that is pretty much it. I mean, if you connect on those two websites and sign up for the email, you will know everything that is going on with me. Uh, but the fall is gearing up to be fun, exciting, and very, very busy. So I can't wait. It's like summer has been a wonderful break mm -hmm. and period of relaxation, but fall, it's time to get to work. Wait, you, you rest and relax in the summer? Who does? I, I didn't get the memo. Nobody told me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, for me, my kids go away for the summer, too. So they spend the summer with their grandparents. So that's a big part of it. So that changes the whole pace of life, right? Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, went away to Martha's Vineyard for a while. And just, I, I was in... I was in introspective and vacation mode. I had a, my birthdays in the summer, so I always get really, really reflective during that season. And so it was just a summer of reflection and relaxation, but um, it was good. It was really good because it helped me focus, um, focus on what I want my next move to be, mm -hmm. um, which is fitting as we're talking about next move. So I'm excited. Good, good. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you. And Thank I'm going to start hanging out with you. I need to come up there to DC. I'm going to go. I need a Wait, break. I mean, you have to. Like, you can't, <laughs> you know, work, 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 work all the time because then you don't have the, you don't take the opportunity to do what we're saying, you know, everyone listening should do, which is really reflect on what's working, reflect on who you've enjoyed working with, and, and really do the forward thinking work. It's, it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day. Um, but you have to build in those periods of reflection. So you just kind of stop and evaluate what has been working well and what you enjoyed about the past year or the past six months or, you know, wherever you are in your brand's evolution. Right. Exactly. So that leads into, we have about nine minutes left. So I want you to give your top three tips that you would give to our listeners about transitioning your brand. Top three tips on transitioning your brand. Let's see. 
I would say that, well, first evaluate um, your past. Um, for me, whenever I'm thinking about what I want to do next, I look at what has brought me the most energy and joy in the most recent phase of my brain's evolution. So that could be in the last year and a half or as recently as, you know, the last quarter. Mm -hmm. And so I look at what has really been working, what resonated with the audience, but also what really energized and resonated with me. Because sometimes the things that people want from us or the things that we can do are not things that we enjoy doing and we enjoy delivering. Like we're not operating in that that zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, it helps me fine tune. So I may get to that clarity around the avatar, but that constant reflection helps you refine the avatar and helps you really figure out who you want to work with and what, not just who you want to work with, but what you want to offer that person. When do you feel most alive delivering your gifts to the world? So that would be one thing, looking to the past. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, I would say, really thinking about the things that people are recently asking for your help with. Um, and, you know, to some degree, what they're thanking you for. So sometimes we have a whole new opportunity right under our noses mm-hmm. that we have failed to act on because we are so stuck in um, the past. We're so stuck in how we're doing things right now. We're so stuck in the services that we're offering. It's almost like we package ourselves and we don't deviate outside the lines of the package. And you have to, I think, pay attention to the questions you keep getting, right? Like if you start hearing the same question, the same concern, the same, you know, lack of clarity around a certain point, the same desire from the people who reach you and begin to work with you, that can give you some insight onto what you could create next or how you need to shift your messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. I think for a long time I was getting email inquiries about, I just want to package my genius. I want to package my, I know I have expertise. I want to package it. I know I have something to offer and I, I just, I, I need to, um, put it in some sort of a format, really mimicking my messaging that I had put out, which I was very happy with because that it it showed me that what I was saying resonated and was working because they were kind of saying some of the same things. Mm -hmm. Fast forward. Now I'm beginning to get more inquiries around. I, I have put myself out there. I have packaged my genius, but I'm not sure if I, I did it right. I'm not sure if I, package the right thing I have multiple skills and talents which one do I need to focus on which one makes the most sense um and which what is the next best move that I should make for my brand so Mm -hmm. not so much that kind of amorphous thinking of like I just want to do something you know but now it's like I've done something I, I have a website you know I have a brand so I think Um, but something's not right. There's something that's a little bit off and I really need to, to, um, pinpoint what is it that I might be overlooking, overstepping, not seeing because I'm too close to it or because I didn't do that initial work of really digging in there to see who am I and what is it that people want most from Mm -hmm. me. 
Okay. So paying attention to the questions that you see. And then I guess a third tip would just to be to remember that you can always start again. You can always try again. Like no one failure defines you permanently. And, you know, as you will hear, and it's always almost become trite and cliche at this point, you know, everyone who has any degree of success has multiple failures in their yep. back pocket that they can point to. <laughs> so don't be afraid of failure. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. I am so happy you came on board for the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank amazing Thank you for tips. having me. And I usually like to close out the show with talking about some a couple of things that are in the news. And there are two things in particular, well, three that I want to bring up really quickly and, and just get your quick, just what you feel about it. The first one is Uber's self first self-driving fleet arrives in Pittsburgh this month. I saw it on Bloomberg yesterday and they were talking about it again today that Uber has taken it upon themselves. Kevin, uh, is it Kevin, Kevin Kalanis? I think his name is the CEO. He is determined. He has hired ex Google executives. He is ready to take on Tesla and Google and all these people about the self-driving cars. Where do you stand on that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just when I think self-driving cars, my first thought is that's so scary. But I'm sure in 10 years or 20 years or whenever, it won't be. Just like when before there were airplanes, people thought about getting into this machine and flying over an ocean. That's really scary. But now it's something that is a part of our everyday lives. So uh, I applaud them for being, you know, willing to tackle such a scary thing. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how, um, kind of as a society, how our, our thinking shifts around that. Like, yeah. right now, it's, it's, it's terrifying to me. Yeah. But I'm sure in time, it won't be. So it's just, and that's just another lesson on, even when you're introducing something new, People probably won't understand it and love it at first, but eventually they'll jump on if it makes sense. And self-driving cars make sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, listen, Volvo has invested $1.5 billion into a partnership with them. And uh, Uber just bought Auto. It's a driverless truck company. So they're serious. So I know that they're going to yeah. make this come to fruition. So we'll just see what happens. And the other thing I want to talk about is we talk about the sharing economy. And that is something that people talk about, you know, with with uber and with airbnb now they're doing it for animals like if you have a farm and you need your land grazed you can rent goats did you did you know about that oh my god i didn't (laughs) know that you could rent goats but i love that number one i mean who doesn't love a goat (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a farm or any grass but i i mean i my parent both of both sides of my family there's there's been there is land um, cause I'm from the South. And mm. so, you know, we have land in both Tennessee, Alabama and Georgia. And, and that is like, if you aren't growing crops or if it's not being actively used in man, you do have to maintain it or you, you're fined. And so I think that's super smart. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would totally rent goats. Yeah. People are, yeah. listen, the sharing economy, people are making it happen. So, I have something new and noteworthy for my listeners. My good friend, my buddy, Kelly Hoey, is 
launching her book in January. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. It's called Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyper-Connected World. And Kelly will be actually doing a three-part series for the magazine coming up, and we'll have her on the show. So make sure you guys go. It's on all my social media. Build Your Dream Network. Go get the book. Order it right now. Because I told you so. And then finally, the Mobile Chicks Week. Right. The Mobile Chicks Weekend Intensive. I know some of you guys are like, oh, God, I wish I could come to Miami next month. Guess what? We have opened up the opportunity for you guys to attend remotely, virtually, in the pajamas, in your home, in front of your computer, live, interacting. Now, you do have to be dressed from the waist up. I mean, come on. We don't want to see all of that. But, yeah, if you're you're still interested, September 24th and 25th, the Mogul Chicks Weekend Intensive, uh, we are going to meet in Miami, but we also have the virtual option as well. Go to mogulchicks.com slash weekend dash intensive or send an email to info at mogulchicks.com and keep up with what's going on. Sign up for the newsletter and visit the site mogulchicks.com. We have a lot of amazing things coming up and I look forward to seeing everybody and, and let's see where Mogul Chicks can go. And remember, this is Adrian Graham. I am the founder of Mogul Chicks and CEO of Empower Me and I want you to succeed and remember this. Mogul Chicks are always a step ahead of the crowd and we close deals. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Amanda, for being with us today. And I Absolutely. look forward to having you come back. And you never know how we can collaborate. That would be amazing. Yes. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, that's it for our show, guys. And you can tune in next week, and we'll have another amazing episode. You know, I don't like to tell you too far in advance what we're doing. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. So make sure you check out Amanda at Amanda Mogul on Twitter. And she is at on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all those good places as Amanda Miller Little John and then Amanda Miller Little on her website. So catch you later. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.